Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Unmuted. Um, uh, it's been a while since we've uh, recorded an episode, and I think these uh, next few episodes are probably going to be audio only, just uh, because of the uh, setup we kind of lost here. Um, last time we were on, I think we were talking about, of course, the um, uh, the. Uh, uh, my new challenge that I started, uh, Walk to End ALS, which um, has been going pretty well. Slowed down a little bit around Easter, you know, with the holidays, things uh, things became uh, a bit more distracting uh, than uh, than usual, and which is uh, usually um, oh things you can't, you know, I don't complain about. Uh, just wanted getting back on track, you know, really talking about uh, the issues with ALS, and I'm so excited to um, say that we have yet another member of Parliament who has joined the team. Um, And um, I'm so excited because he is now the second leadership candidate to join on uh, the team. Uh, First, of course, being uh, Leslyn Lewis, um, who signed on before the leadership race, which is awesome. And it's great to see her uh, just lead with, you know, take on with such compassion and, um, you know, just true heart. And, you know, it's what I really, really do like about Leslie Lewis. But, you know, it's something that came along um, that I found surprising. Oh, uh, not, not totally surprising, but I must probably that would surprise a lot of people there. And so, you know, I mean, Pierre Polyev, of course, um, is uh, very good at uh, being kind of the bulldog in Parliament. So to those who don't know or don't watch, you know, um, Pierre Polyev has kind of been really, let's be honest, uh, leading the opposition, I think, since they've been in opposition. Um, he's just kind of been the guy to take on the government. Um, but, and that's usually how people see him. They see him as this bulldog who who just all he does is just attack Trudeau day and night and he just likes to throw off at the mouth and all he cares about is is the negativity and blah 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 um but today you know or well not today it was a uh, about a few weeks about a week and a half ago you know I got to meet with Pierre Polyev and uh talk with him about um ALS and I was so pleased to hear him um not only you know agree that this is a problem but he wanted to join the team and, you know, we, you know, asked if he wanted to be part of the team that, um, uh, many MPs endorsing Pierre are, are from, uh, team and ALS. Um, a lot of team and ALS is supporting Pierre. Um, and of course some are endorsing Les and Lewis, which is great, which is, you know, why I started the initiative. If you follow my social media, um, why I'm only going to be putting those who support um, actually bettering our healthcare system and actually making sure that no one is truly left behind in our healthcare system is um, only people going to be on our ballot. And that includes fighting ALS. And for me, that's the top priority, I think, for for me, uh, for a candidate. And having both Pierre and Leslin um, be part of this amazing initiative is beyond encouraging and I think really shows that these are the people who are not in it just for themselves and you get to really 
know these what these people kind of are at this stage of uh of leadership and you know the the tiny crack show you know of course you don't as abraham lincoln said you don't really know a person until you give them power and that's how you really and i'm very much paraphrasing that quote of course but um i think it was closer to the lines you want to see a man truly as you give him power is a quote by abraham lincoln which um i mean you know you haven't seen any of these people take power yet so they're you know it's it's easy to say things to get elected and to get in the power it's easy to be the yes man um but you know i i think from what i've seen and it's you can read people and you can really tell who they are i think even before because the cracks show and i think from what we see with pierre is he's not just the bulldog i think he's got a heart he's he's very compassionate and, and i think he cares about people and you know it shows from you know his support to als is uh you know his uh, a lot of the support and and positivity he does bring that doesn't get shown that doesn't get said and uh which i think definitely needs to be acknowledged now I understand for most people, um, they uh, aren't really. You're not really here to listen to politics, uh, which um, my apologies. I try to make this as non-political as possible, but what can I say? I'm a political junkie a little bit there, but um, nonetheless, um, it is important because these political initiatives are how we pass uh, legislation to help end ALS and whether we like it or not politics is going to have to be we're going to have to fight this battle on the uh, stage of the political stage that we can't ignore that and we can't continue to say or to fight around it we're going to have to fight it through and you know I mean we've already been fighting I mean there are so many treatments and drug companies avoiding Canada because of our our big gatekeepers called Health Canada that stand in the way of of these treatments and drugs that seek to you know help people survive ALS not necessarily cure them but help them hopefully live long enough to see a cure but yet it is these government um, gatekeepers known as Health Canada that scare a lot of these people away because the process they make them go through is utterly ridiculous and frankly from what we've seen like compared with covid which got passed through with little to no opposition through health canada uh no really extensive trials but yet when we have drugs that are a hundred percent death rate known as als or disease not drugs sorry but when we have a disease with a hundred percent death rate um that is that kills people slowly and painfully no we have to sit for months and months and months and months and months on end because we don't want this to do any harm to people yes let that sit in a dra- a disease that kills you slowly and will kill you no matter you know what you do we can't do anything because we think it might the effects might harm people what's the worst that could happen is my usually reaction to that um because i did have someone say well maybe you know the excuse was well maybe they're just making sure it's safe well what's the alternative right now they're dying anyways what could be worse than what's already happening to them um you know and it's a painful disease you know it's not just you know where you um just live with a little discomfort no your your body is shutting down one part at a time 
And may I add, this is not something that happens over a course of decades. This is something that happens over like a course of like a year to five years on average, one to five years. People do not have time to sit and wait for a committee or government body to sit and, and to wonder why, why we should even think about this and these kind of treatments. But unfortunately, we have people in elected positions that care more about the liability than, than, they're, than, than actually helping people. And we know, and on this podcast, we have talked about a few of those people. Of course, the biggest enemies, I think, of, of uh, ALS right now have been labeled as Patty Haidu, the previous Minister of Health. And frankly, I'm about to name the current Minister of Health and part of that, um, since at least Patty Haidu had the decency to return my email and calls, where the current Minister of Health has decided to just utterly ignore me. Um but also, it's not just the government. We've even seen opposition health critics, thankfully they're not health critics anymore, that have also just totally just attempted to dismantle everything we have attempted to build with Team and ALS MPs, all because they could be held liable. Lord help them if they help to be liable to bring in a disease that helps, helps people who are dying. I mean, it was just utter shock to hear that they care more about their reputation and their own liability than taking a risk to save thousands of lives. It's just sickening. I, I, was, I was sick to my stomach when I heard that. When I got the response that we, that they want to be as generic and just tasteless as possible because if something goes wrong we could be blamed it it was just utterly disappointing and I will not ever shed a tear if Michelle Rempel loses her seat in the parliament and that's the whole reason I I really have um, gone on a very negative tangent towards Michelle Rempel because she has been the one of the two only MPs to refuse to endorse for treatment that utterly told me, no, I will not um, support this. She has been the only MP at this point to reject joining Team NDLS and to refuse to even meet with me. Um, she refused to meet with me, period, outright. Um, so, you know, it says a lot about her character at this point, and clearly she's above those who are suffering and dying. And um, frankly, it's why Patrick Brown um, will not be on my ballot at all, um, because she is uh, one of his co-chairs for the campaign. So um, frankly, I do encourage everyone to keep Patrick Brown off your ballot um, in this, if you're a conservative member. And I mean, become a conservative member to vote for those who will support ALS. Both Leslie Lewis and Pierre Polyev are, are those people right now. No other candidate will talk about this issue. Um, and you know, we, we need to encourage them to make these initiatives part of their platform. And we, and we do that by getting more people to say this is an issue for them. If the if everyone who knew someone who was affected by ALS we're looking at tens of thousands of people, that can change a lot. 
a few thousand people can get an MP to change quite a bit. But that's why we need these awareness campaigns, because we need this to be an issue worth supporting. And unfortunately, some of these MPs have to be pressured into supporting good causes. And frankly, that's the culture we need to change. Um, it's just why we need good politicians like Liz and Lewis, like the members of Team to ALS, who under a single meeting, some of which who have never heard of ALS before, just talking with one person changed their just not even changed their mind, just made them realize this is a cause I need to support, and I will support. And you know, telling me that you know, hey, just let me know, and I will help. These are the kind of MPs we need. Team and ALS, most of them, never. You know, uh, I shouldn't say most of them. A good number of them, let's say, has never heard of the disease ALS or didn't know anyone with ALS, and now they are, you know amazing advocates absolutely true amazing and not just them their staff also have been uh, most of the staff in these offices are amazing and continue to do what they can and you know and you know some you know are, are amazing working with me on these issues and people like uh, Todd Doherty Bob Zimmer Carrie and Finlay have absolutely been leaders of this I think in the House of Commons there and you know you have internal help with different angles with, like people like uh, Arnold Viersen who uh, if you haven't yet seen or heard my interview with Arnold Viersen on human trafficking I highly advise you do that because it is also another serious issue that I think um, Arnold may agree with me on this that another example that people have to be you know almost forced in supporting these kind of causes Horrible, horrible things happening to people, but people don't care unless it affects them, which which is a shame because, you know, but it's, you know, as we, you know, things like cancer and, um, and autism, where these are impacting too many people that it comes forth, um, that they just get all this attention. And a lot of fundraising and all this, even though people are not affected by it, which so it's, you know, we need to bring ALS to the same level cancer and and, um, and stuff like autism is because frankly I think it's quite just as, just as serious and should be on the same level and you know it was a whole point about this podcast when I started about this is this isn't about moving the spotlight or shrinking the spotlight or, or you know like some people think you know well you just want to shift you know I, I think I believe I've even had an accuser once accusing you just want to shift you know support from cancer to or ALS and that's not the truth at all in fact I don't want to move the spotlight I want to grow the spotlight have I said in my first episode the whole point of this is to build awareness to bring ALS to the same level cancer is globally today and we only do that by building awareness by continuing to uh, fight and continuing to make people understand what this disease does to people because unless we really um, unless we really get into it and really tell people how this affects people how this affects me you know it's why I've been trying to make these campaigns as personal as possible because this isn't just a faraway disease and this isn't a disease that just happens on a for example, um, genetically or it doesn't happen just uh, because of poor health this disease can attack you when you're super healthy you can be the healthiest person in the world and and just in a, within a year you're not walking or talking 
So, you know, I mean, <laughs> don't think that it can't happen to you or someone you you know or you love or, you know, your best friend or or, or your spouse or your own children. Cuz it can. And and it it's it might. And you know, ALS seems to be growing. <laughs> Don't think it's just going to stop at being a number of 3,000, you know. And in, who knows, and maybe in a few years, we're going to go up to 6,000 people. And why should we let it grow to cancerous-type levels? That would be awful. It shouldn't have to grow to tens of hundreds of thousands of people in Canada suffering from it. Unfortunately, that's what it might take to get people to realize this is something we need to deal with and deal with quickly. We need treatment here now. But because it doesn't affect and it doesn't lie in the pocketbooks of Health Canada's bureaucrats, it's um, it's not seen as a priority. And it will never really become a priority unless Canadians make it a priority. Or we, keep, we elect people who will make these kind of issues a priority. That, that's how we make changes. We get people in there who are actually going to change the system and that's what we really need to do and continue to strive for and continue to uphold and and um and uh hold accountable the stance of our elected officials but as i said you know the political field is just as important as any other field because no matter what you are going to have to surpass the government to get this stuff through and not just the federal government. Once it passes through the federal government, you're looking at now provincial governments. And all are different. All are not going to have the same reaction. And um, which is why we also need to start talking to provincial reps. We need to get the provinces on board this initiative as well. But we have to go through the biggest gatekeepers of them all, Health Canada. And then once we get through, uh, once we get through those gates... Uh, hopefully it will open up like a floodgate throughout this country where access is available. But even then, even if we get then, healthcare is not equal in Canada. Rural communities do not get the same access to healthcare as the big cities. So even if we get it to a lot of our systems, guaranteed rural communities, for those suffering with ALS in rural areas, are not going to have the support that someone in Vancouver, Toronto, or Montreal is going to have. Unfortunately, that is our system. That it's a very outdated healthcare system. And of course, usually the people who champion our healthcare system are, um, are people who don't have to rely on the system because they don't know what it's like. But when you actually have to start relying on this system and realize it doesn't actually help a lot of people. A lot of people get left behind in our system. And especially rural communities who don't have the same access to healthcare as, uh, as people do in big metropolitan areas. It's actually hurts, I think. Our healthcare is not good. I mean, like if we even look at our healthcare, the um, we are the second highest country, according to the Fraser Institute. We are the second highest country spending country in the world on healthcare, yet we don't even hit top ten in, in stuff like nursing, hospital beds, ICU equipment, PPE, um, uh, emergency equipment, um, hospitals in general. Um, and it's it's just it's not right. 
it, it definitely is not right. Where we really come in top 10 is administration and, and office buildings. That's where I think we come in. I don't even think we even hit number one in those areas, which begs the question, where the heck does our healthcare go? How can we be the number one or number two, sorry, number two spending country in the world on healthcare, yet our services just aren't existent? So, I mean, it's more than just Health Canada. Our whole healthcare system is uh, outdated and and just frankly, um, just just lazy system that doesn't do much to actually help people who need help the most those most vulnerable in our society and need help the most and need the most care and attention and especially those who have rare and terminal illnesses are not helped out here in fact you know for my my own father's diagnosis we had to go to the united states to get an official diagnosis that says something about our health care right now here and he was in may and by the way he lives in metro vancouver where we should she shouldn't had to but now think of someone living in a rural part of canada not only would they have to go to travel to the metro area metro area to find out that our healthcare system can't help them then they have to spend probably thousands of more dollars going down to the united states or or countries like israel japan south korea or germany to find out a natural diagnosis and get better treatment in those countries because we don't have good treatments here in canada and frankly a lot of treatments are not coming and even some i've even heard um i've heard uh, are even intending on leaving canada because of and or ending trials in canada because they're just too much red tape and there's too much in the way for them just to do what they need to do which frankly is the problem bureaucrats and administration in canada have too much control and too much money our healthcare system majority of that money just goes to building administration in the healthcare system we don't need administration we need more nurses and doctors i mean doctors and i mean don't even get me started about the gatekeepers in in in, in provincial here in british columbia who stop doctors from practicing in the north when they are absolutely needed the wait lists for doctors in even bigger northern cities like Prince George are ridiculous because there are not enough doctors. And that has a huge effect on the health, well-being of, of people in these communities. People in rural Canada are not, do not have the same access to health care as everyone else. But again, this whole comes down to where this needs to start happening is our government needs to come in and say, enough's enough we need to support people with rare terminal illnesses we need to support rural communities and we need to make sure all canadians have access to the same health care no matter where they are in canada because someone who lives in a rural community shouldn't have to be flown down to vancouver for treatments that are simply uh treatable in, in major hospitals in canada and there needs to be a big change of where our money's going because our conditions are, are frankly not great. I mean, they're just not great. You know, some of the horror stories you hear of some of the Canadian hospitals and patients in hospitals, you know, they're under, not to mention they're understaffed, they're overworked. Our nurses are understaffed and overworked, um, which is just absolutely terrible. 
And I think we need more incentives to hire people in our nursing and our trades and other, you know, areas that make it easier. And instead we have um, decentives and making things harder. And, and frankly, I think even some people's making these jobs not look good for some reason. It's quite unknown why, because they are good jobs and we need them. But, um, yeah, anyways, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's very disappointing to see a lot of our political system turned into more of a liability. It almost seems like politicians need insurance nowadays just for what they say so they don't get uh, crucified so they can actually stand up for things and do things. So thankfully, we do have some good politicians out there, uh, mainly looking at Team NDLS, uh, 24 amazing members of parliament who are not afraid to... Um, stand up for ALS and who don't need to be pressured into it because they know it is the right thing to do. And um, I'm, I'm so proud to have this team and I'm so happy it continues to grow because hopefully these MPs will start to pressure their friends in Parliament and I'm hoping that more peop everyday people will go to their MPs and say, listen, this is something we can't stand by and let happen anymore. And it, and it takes people like you the uh, you and me the average person to go up and make these changes because change won't happen on its own as much as we like to believe that you know just goodness will fill people's hearts randomly things just don't happen on their own and, and it takes people it takes people to do this and um, hopefully one day the system will hopefully change where people will not be afraid to take a stand and take a risk to save lives even though it might cost them their reputation um and i hope it's just standing up for something like als even if something goes wrong like the drug doesn't work that you endorsed frankly i don't think anyone would be upset i think i am more upset with the person more concerned about their reputation and liability than than if they supported something that went wrong because at least they tried they tried to bring in something that could have worked and that's putting in effort and doing nothing, I think, is far worse and unforgivable compared to if someone were to at least be trying to solve a problem. Because frankly, if you're not attempting to solve the problem, you are the problem in the sense of ALS. And if you know, you're either part of the solution or you're the problem. And if you're not doing anything, you are the problem because we already have enough people not doing anything on this file. So it's, um, you know, it's an uphill fight and it's going to be uphill and where it gets to a downhill fight is when they find a cure. That's when the fight goes downhill. And it's right now looking like climbing Everest. And um, yeah, we need, we need to continue it. So, you know, apologies if I went too off base on the political side of things, but I think people need to understand that even though I think majority of people don't like politics, even though it's becoming a lot more um, ingrained into, into kind of the mainstream society in ways we do things. I, I think a lot of people don't like it yet, even though they make it part of their everyday, um, kind of their everyday thing. But anyways, that besides being the point, I understand people don't like it or say they don't like it, but it, it is an important part of getting these kind of things passed and these kind of, uh, treatments done. And there are good people doing good work. What we need to do is encourage these other people who are choosing to do nothing or are just ignorant to the fact that this is going on that hey 
we need you to support this kind of stuff. And we don't want you to fight it in the house. We don't want you to waste time debating. We want you to take action. Unanimously get it through. So, but how we do that is is taking a stand, letting these politicians know our votes will probably be going to the person who's going to take care of it. And that's uh, usually how you need to push MPs the right way sometimes, especially the more... Um, uh, stubborn ones on some of these issues but um yeah it's it, but that's what i said it takes people like you like me to stand up the average pearson to say you know enough's enough we we have to start taking this issue seriously and we have to start doing it and that's why the political side is so important because before you even get these kind of drugs and treatments into the hands of ALS patients in Canada. You have to pass through the government departments and the government's gatekeepers and bureaucrats first. Um, and, and that's the only way you start off doing it. And even then, you now have to then fight off the provincial bureaucrats and the provincial um, gatekeepers that will do what they can. And, you know, it, it's, it's just, it, it's a fight. It's always going to be a fight. And that's why we need to continue fighting on. Anyways, let's keep up the fight. Keep following my social media initiatives to help fight ALS and um, and other um, uh, less known diseases or less known issues that have been put on mute. And let's make sure to crank it up to 10. Thanks, everyone.